minutes, 25 seconds. 20 seconds and counting. T-minus 15 seconds, guidance is internal. 12, 11, 10, 9, ignition sequence start. 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 0, all engine running. Liftoff, we have a liftoff, 32 minutes past the hour. as Apollo 11 does its roll program, this podcast now does its roll program. The tape is rolling. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. My name is Grant Cameron, and you're listening to the Paranormal UFO Consciousness Podcast. Thank you for taking time from your life to be here. And let's bring Grant back here. The Grantster. Yeah. You like my hat, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> Easy does it. How you doing? Android Paranormal, welcome. Zenzabil, DB Nobody, how you guys doing? If you're new here listening in, don't forget to hit subscribe, ring that bell. We are here seven days a week for your listening entertainment. Gizmo, how you doing, man? Yes, Grant and Steve Bassett have talked many a time. Many a time. We're going to do a book together. Derek Galloway, how's it going, man? Time Travel 82, welcome to SOR Chat. Thank you for joining us and hitting subscribe. We appreciate that. So what do you think of the world? Are you watching the World Juniors, Grant? Um, not really. I don't have a TV. So my buddy is in the hospital. So I, when he's in, he's in intensive care, they got big TVs. I watch a little bit there, but. No, it's a bit different. My mother had was had, hockey was on all the time, and so I'm busy writing books. That's all I do now. Just oh, until you move to the West Coast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. My kid's big into hockey. He's, he's got his his little kid, but his he's only supposed to be born last week. He's a couple months premature, but he's got his this two to three hockey sticks already, and he's got his jet outfit and good. Good. My grandson, uh, the moment he was born, the first thing I did was go to sport check to buy skates. <laughs> yeah. There's a size five skate sitting, waiting for him to grow into right now. All right. Uh, thank you to big dog, W Decker, Debster, Lori, Jennifer, trot dog, Maddie times two T bone and Louie for the super chats. Here we go with the second hour, everybody. You're listening to Spaced Out Radio with Dave Scott. Follow Dave on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio and on Facebook, Spaced Out Radio Show. Here we go with the second hour of Spaced Out Radio tonight. My name is Dave Scott. Always appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. 
Hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davy the favor, hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Base Main. Base Main is your password. Use it wisely, Space Travelers, as the Clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website, spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the news wire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and you can join us on Patreon in the Space Travelers Club. We got Grant Cameron for the next hour, breaking down the good, the bad, and the ugly in the UFO world as we take a look back at 2023 and in the future, 2024. Let's start with the ugly. Could we call everything that uh, happened with Arrow and uh, Sean Kirkpatrick maybe the uglier side of ufology this year? Um, no, I, I'm not sure. I, I, you know, I've heard different, uh, people want to pick on him, blame him. Um, I'm not sure I, I go along with that. I, I really don't have a strong opinion, but, uh, I mean, that basically is, is the problem is the same thing as the way the, the, this thing is now law that you that unless the Democrats get control of the house, the Senate and the white house, you're never going to get disclosure because it's always going to be blocked is that uh, Arrow, the problem with Arrow was they had no authority. They had no authority to tell. And it's like you go to the CIA and they tell you, you, you know, go in your hat. That's what they were. They had the same thing with the Clinton thing where where T. Scott, uh, Scott Jones told that story of going to different agencies and trying to get material. And they would just tell you to absolutely get lost. We have, you have no authority to tell us what to do. So if you have everybody at the same level, that's what Gresh said which was very significant when Gresh said, if the house can't get their act together, then we need the uh, a, a presidential decree because the president is the only one that can actually lay down the law and everybody has to do what they're told and, and they have to give up, give up the goods. But um, arrow, the basic problem with arrows didn't have any power. They were sitting there as uh, who described it. Maybe it was Danny Sheehan. They were sitting there waiting for someone to volunteer to come and tell them a story. And when when they realized that these guys couldn't do anything, then nobody wanted to go to them anymore, and and nobody trusted them. So that that was basically, I think, the problem with arrows is you need you need an executive. I, I said they should have had an executive order, but then when I saw the the signing of the bill by Biden, uh, even Biden went to this thing about I'm the president of the United States. I'm in char- charge of national security. And there's some very highly classified material in here and he's playing the same game. It's sort of like, we're not going to release this classified material. And that would be the argument that would be made by, uh, I heard the secretary of defense was against this, that he, he didn't want this stuff disclosed either. And it all comes down to this idea. We're going to build b- bigger and b- bigger and better weapons. And uh, that would I say is would be the ugliest part to me is that this thing is controlled by this, the armed services and the intelligence committee, which means all this is going to do is make weapons to more efficiently kill civilians on the other end. And people say you're not going to kill, kill civilians. If you have a rocket like Danny Sheen is talking about this, this hypersonic rockets they're all working on to get so the rocket gets to Russia or China in two minutes, you're not going to drop that uh, and, and have it land and, 
and just kill the 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 soldiers it's going to kill a lot of people and that's the part that's the ugly part to me is this still is, is being turned into weapons it's being based on fear and that's how it works because uh if you go back to the days of uh, leslie kane and john podesta they were trying to get money as well and they got laughed at because they said it was a, a threat to airline traffic and everybody went, come on, get out of here. And it's like, don't let the door hit you on the way out. And and so they had to up the ante. So then they're saying, you know, these these aliens and that we can't shoot them down. And, uh, you know, we, they're, they're a threat and they're a potential threat and stuff like that. Even though they haven't dropped an atomic bomb like we did or, or firebomb seas and cremated uh, almost a million people at 1500 degrees and stuff like that. Uh, we we that's the way you separate people from their money. And John, and um, if you look at what um, I did a thing, sort of exploded on me with uh, Ron Pendolfi was the big CIA guy that was supposedly the guy that dealt with uh, for CIA dealt with the, the people UFO people in the field. He called them, his job was to deal with the, the loons. Uh, even he had this thing, loons, crooks and worse. And he's been saying it since 1991. And that's when I, I started to think, I think I know what he's talking about now. And that's this whole idea is everything's thinks the guy anti-gravity. Oh, we got this thing. We got the anti-gravity. We got it all figured out and stuff like that. Uh, even though Lukatsky says there's no engine in the thing, there's no fuel tank, there's there's nothing. And uh, I refer to the experiment where Hal put off one of the key guys, Kit Green, one of the key guys, and Brandon Fugel, who owns Skinwalker Ranch. We're all involved in this thing with Firmage with the bouncing box, you know, the bouncing box story where they had the, the thing on the table and they're trying to, they got these gyros going, opposite gyros going, and they spent millions and millions. Firmage spent all his money on this thing. And they're trying to get, they had a crane, they had a thing holding it up with a, with a hook and they were trying to see if it, the gravity would reduce. And the thing is bouncing. They couldn't get off the, off the, off the table. And so the whole point was if they can't get this box one inch off the table, and this helped put off and Kit Green, all the top guys, so they can't get it one inch off the table. You ain't got no technology. I mean, you can tell me all the stories. You're flying to other star systems or whatever. You can't get this thing off the table. And, and that, that's where Ron Pendolfi would say loons, crooks, and worse. And I started to think maybe that's what he's talking about. Because I've always said the story that when I looked at anti-gravity, I've worked on this for many years. Every time I went down the anti-gravity road and all that kind of stuff, it didn't go anywhere. It just hit a dead end. But every time I went after portals, it went somewhere. It was like, holy cow, maybe they got this portal thing. And there's some pretty strong evidence that this mind thing, that it's all going to be mind. It's all going to be this consciousness stuff. And, and that all this idea that we're going to build this technology is to go to the Congress and the Senate where there's an $886 billion defense budget. If you want some money, that's where you go. Because Ron Pendolfi said they used to go after the, 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 the billionaires. And he mentioned Church's Chicken. I don't know. It's an American franchise or whatever. He said uh -huh. they, they, they went after him. And when they ran out of billionaires, then they decided they had to go somewhere else. And they went after Congress because they were going for money. So it's the thing. Oh, we're on the leading edge. We got one step away. We're going to have anti-gravity. And, and these things are going to eat us if we don't uh, do something. And they, they, they say, how much money do you need? And everybody walks out with a suitcase full of money. And that's the, the really bad part to me is that if you're saying, well, we're interested in technology, we're interested in free energy. Energy, whatever well where's the science and technology committee why haven't they been briefed why aren't they doing stuff it isn't it's the armed services the weapons guys and intelligence that's that's this whole thing that's the part that scares me is that this whole thing has been hijacked by these bandits that are doing the military thing again and that's where we had the, the fight with with uh with uh, melon when melon says that's the poison pill as soon as we, he got the definite word that the canadians were going to do a scientific investigation on ufos then he said that's the poison pill i'm gone 
And it, it was like the, the whole idea. We're not going to do scientific investigation. We're not interested in what's going on. We just want to have a weapon. We want to build weapons. We want to, to, to use this against our enemy and our enemy be used against us. And it's this whole fear thing. And we're down the, the, the rabbit hole. And all we're going to do is develop a, a weapon. Like the, say, if we develop this one that Danny Sheen is rumored to be talking about that Radiance is working on, 20,000 mile an hour uh, weapon. It, what, it's going to give us uh, global dominance for maybe one year, two years, and then the Iranians are going to crack the code and they're going to recover one of these things and back engineer it. And suddenly they've got it and they can send a missile to the United States in under two minutes and there's nothing you can do to stop it. This is craziness. It's just this new weapon and it only gives you dominance for like another year or another two years. And then the other side gets that weapon and we're just getting bigger and more dangerous weapons. And it's the, the crazy guys are running the show. Well, if, if the crazy ones are running the show, do we know any names? Do we know where this is going? Well, it would be the, the the black ops. It's all I say. That's where I say it was all legal. That's where I say, how did they get the crafts? Somebody gave them the crafts. They they, they didn't because I I posted uh, the the uh, NASA um, document from 1962. If you go back, there was back in the 80s. We were always arguing about the moon dust documents that Stephen that Stone or Clifford Stone had recovered. These documents to talk about the American military and State Department and people recovering uh, material from outer space. And the document says very clearly that anything that falls on the United States of America, eminent domain belongs to NASA. And they are they do the, the, the analysis. They control everything. So it went from 1962 from the National Aeronautics and Space Administration being in charge of everything that fell to suddenly the contractors have got it. Somebody gave them the, and there had to be a deal. If you listen to Jim Semivan or a lot of these guys, they say, you can't do anything in the government without a lawyer. You have to prove everything. It's like total lawyers everywhere. So there had to be some sort of deal. And I think the deal was made after Blue Book shut down. The rumored we always heard years ago was that it was Nixon who, who turned it over to the because it would get away from the FOIA Act. You wouldn't have to the contractors wouldn't have to file FOIA. And they are the experts. It's like the, the plant science guy. You, you, because you're a, a, a guy inside the government, it doesn't mean you know anything about UFOs. You got to go to someone that that's a, an expert, and that's not a physicist, that's not a chemist, that's that's somebody who's in aerospace. So they put it to the aerospace companies, and there would have been a deal. There would have been a deal. And if you go back, I even found it. I, I haven't put. I was going to do a podcast. I haven't done it yet, but I, I got Giuliano Marinkovic. Uh, I don't know if you've ever deal with him. The guy's yeah. an absolute genius in terms of finding anything. I said Giuliano. There's a there's an audio, and I'm pretty sure it was 2016. Tom DeLong does an interview with with George Knapp, and he talks about how they got the crafts and how the crafts are, are how the, how this operates. And he found it. It took him like three days, but he found it. He sent it to me, and sure enough, Tom DeLong tells the whole story about how they do it, how these bankers come in, and the government doesn't own the crafts, the the contractors don't own the crafts, nobody really owns the crafts, and there's bankers putting money. And he explains this whole thing about how they did it. So it was very carefully planned how to do it. And that's what I say is they've got approval. There's no way. And the proof of it is the Reed letter where Reed sends the letter and he's doing that same thing. He's trying to hide the OSAP program in the black world where nobody will, will find it. So that's the way it works. I think it's, it's, uh, it's clear that they, they have rules and regulations. They're very, very restricted. And that's what, that's what Lekatsky said. Lekatsky said, and Lekatsky ran the OSAP program. He said, I did not see, I disagree with every, I did not see anything illegal. But I did see very highly classified procedures. 
And that's what it is. is you can build levels and levels and levels below levels and levels where nobody has that, you know, the bigot list gets smaller and smaller and, and everybody's, but they're playing, it's a military mind. It's like, you know, the guys working for us are, 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 are bad guys and the Chinese are bad guys. Everybody's bad guys. And we've got to protect it from everybody. And, and that I think is, is basically the bottom line is that they got these crafts. They, they got rules on these crafts of how it works. And uh, then uh, Gresh comes forward and, and announces this and people uh, believe it. And then they try to start putting pressure and then it all falls apart because they put the cards on the table and it actually gets written into law before it wasn't written into law. And now it's written into law that says they have eminent domain. They don't have to produce anything and they can do whatever they want. And they're being protected by national security, which is this big thing. And what Walker talked about, you don't have a need to know. That's supposedly what, uh, what uh, Carter was told by, by Bush when he asked for the files for the people. You don't have a need to know. Curiosity is not sufficient need to know. And it plays this game of, of uh, we're the guys that are in control of this. You, Dave, you and I are just little guys. Shut up and pay your taxes. The corporations have taken control and they're going to run. They're going to take the, 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 the ship and run with it. And uh, that's basically what it's come down to. And we have now a situation where the corporations are running the show and there's nothing. I don't think anything anybody can do about it except for an executive order from the president. But he's bought into this as well of indicating that it's national security and he's going to protect national security because everybody's playing the fear game. It's like, well, if we don't, the Russians are going to get it. And it's, it's just, you know, all these these fear things that, that take over and part people from their money. Big debate going into this year. We saw it earlier in the year. It seems to be more prevalent now. More people turning away from the UAP acronym, going back to UFOs. Okay, people starting to realize yeah. that UAP really is a cover-up for human technology that we just don't know about yet. Where do you stand on that? Well, that that's it's the old thing. It's That's the old game. It's, it's not the first time they did it. In 1952, Rupelt changed the name from flying saucers and flying discs to UFOs. And the reason you do it is because flying saucer indicates what you're talking about. It's, it's that thing Dave saw with the two of the gray aliens coming out of it. That's a flying saucer. Dave saw a flying saucer. UFOs, it's like, oh, flying saucer, uh, UFO, it could be anything. And it's uh, you're playing this this game. And that's what I'm saying. you got to watch very carefully what the government is doing. They're parsing words. So when they don't use the word extraterrestrial and say, we don't have any extraterrestrial evidence, they're they're actually being very careful about what they're saying, how they're wording it, and that's when they had the whole thing with the with the unidentified aerial phenomena. Then they changed it again to unidentified anomalous phenomena, and the reason they did that was because they got a, a, a the Air Force said we're not going to give you anything that comes from outer space because that's aerial. Outer space is an aerial. We don't have to give you that stuff. And and the Navy said we don't have to give you anything under the water because that's not aerial. And they're playing the, it's a word game. Everybody's playing the word game. So there's all these things and they keep changing the acronym, but it, the, the moving it away from, instead of calling it flying saucers, you call it anything you want, just give it a name. And that's what science does. That's why I have so many disputes about science is what science does in terms of uh, things that they can't explain is you just give it a name. You say, Oh, it's just a placebo. Don't worry about it. It's just a placebo. It's just a spontaneous remission. It's like, who the hell is that? It's like, just make a name, give it a name and make it go away. And that's what they're doing. They're giving you these names. They're putting names on stuff. And they have, almost like uh, any sort of profession will do the same thing. If you listen to a dentist when he's talking about inside your mouth, you have no idea what he's talking about. He's, every tooth has got a, a particular name to it and stuff like this and positions and stuff like that. And you, you do it because you, 
it creates this environment where nobody can replace you. You have to know the language and you, you create the language. And that's what they're doing. They're, they're playing these, these word games. And so uh, you go back to UFO, they should go back to flying saucer and flying disc. Then they'd be more accurate. But that implies what it actually is. And that's not what they want. They, they want it to be nebulous. It can be anything in the world. And we're not afraid to talk about it. We don't have to worry about uh, what we're saying. But if you're using flying saucers and flying discs, then everybody seems to know what it is. And, and you get in trouble using those kind of words. Same as ET. I mean, you could say non-human intelligence. We're playing that game. Oh, it's non-human intelligence. And, and we're, get, we're getting away because we don't want to use the word ET. So they call it non-human intelligence or, uh, and even off world, they don't want to use that because, uh, you know, they, 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 that indicates that it's, it's extraterrestrial. So there's always these word games being played and, and government's really good at that. And, and that's what uh, uh, John Ramirez talked about. And a lot of these high level officials have said is listen carefully to what they're saying. They're parsing words. You can't just take the statement and just sort of go with, uh, you know, this cover up and it's the Illuminati or whatever. Uh, it, it, they're very carefully wording uh, what what they're what they're putting out so that they don't get caught in a bind. Five minutes to go here before we got to go to break at the bottom of the hour. Grant Cameron is our guest tonight on Spaced Out Radio. Grant, looking to 2024, what do you see? moving forward do you do you see a step closer to disclosure we keep hearing from grush that he is going to have more words in january lou elizondo going on twitter saying that there's a lot more doors to open in 2024 that's going to blow people's minds we've heard it all before what do you see happening what's your prediction um I don't think the ultimate thing, I think they've lost the ultimate battle with the contractors, but in terms of whistleblowers and uh, for example, uh, Lou Elizondo is talking about this, uh, something's going to happen between spring and summer. And it sounded, I thought it was going to be some sort of presidential announcement or something like that. Cause it can't be a whistleblower. Someone said, Oh, it's going to be, and I, nah, you wouldn't, you wouldn't give a specific date for that for a whistleblower to come forward or whatever. He said that. And then I heard John Ramirez talking about, it. so I went to John Ramirez and said, Hey, uh, you uh, hearing the same thing? And he said, "Yeah, he's I'm hearing the same thing." And neither of them is saying what it is. So, uh, whatever that is, uh, could be big. Whether they're going to tie it into the election or what they're going to do, uh, I'm pretty optimistic about what what may be behind that. And more stuff's going to come out. That's where uh, people. It's the the Western world. We want everything. We want it yesterday. And people get all upset. Like, oh, we didn't get disclosure. They didn't give us the whole thing. And it's like, grow up already. I mean, it's like little kids, you know, crying in a in a shopping cart because they can't get a chocolate bar. You know, it's like, this is a, Lou Alzando even said, go get a hobby for five years. This is going to, this is a process. This is not something you drop that we're going to do disclosure. It's a process where we're going to, it's done gradually. And it's the, it's the process of, of learning and, and going through the whole thing. So I, I think that we're going to, we're going to make more headway. In fact, because I've 1975, I started and then in 2017 was the big break when the New York Times uh, posted and that changed everything because until between those two years that nothing was happening and people would say to me, oh, they're, they're going to disclose. And I would go, give your head a shake. There's no way they're going to disclose. I was absolutely shocked when the New York Times came out and made that statement where they suddenly admitted it. And then the government came out and said, yeah, it's 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 real. Yeah, we are studying this sort of stuff. And then everything started going downhill pretty fast. So it's it's moving faster and faster as we go along. I would expect a lot more uh, interesting uh, developments. 
uh, I'm hoping they're going to go to the 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 idea of the experiencer, which is uh, Danny Sheen even said that when he was talking to the contractors, they said, please keep that off the table. Nobody wants to go there because that's when you start getting into the consciousness stuff. That's when you start getting into the stuff that's not weapon type stuff where you start to figure out what's actually going on. And you asked about the experiencers. I, I've always maintained uh, and and um, Penn Dolphy made it. I actually went back to Dan Smith with this statement. I said, did Penn Dolphy actually write this? And it was a statement that said, uh, because we cannot control the phenomena, we watch those that are affected by the phenomena. Lights in the sky produce almost no no meaningful information. And it went on. It was this, this statement. And supposedly it was written by him. And he said right from the word go, 1991, when he first talked to Dan Smith, he said, we have a phenomenology problem. It's not a UFO problem. That's why I called the book Managing Magic. It's not UFOs. It's the whole paranormal phenomenon. It's all connected. And the next book I'm going to write is going to tie these things. You're going to see they're all tied together. Orbs are happening in this field, that field, and UFOs and, and mediums and uh, psychics and uh, all, all this kind of stuff. It's, it's happening all over the place. And that's the, the, the where I would like it to go. Uh, but what you get is a situation where you have um, everybody's in their little box. So you get ions. The Ions Institute will not touch UFOs. You know that. Eh? They will not. Nope. They're doing paranormal right. phenomena, but we're not touching UFOs because we're going to lose all our funding. The people are funding us. So everybody gets in these these little boxes. And uh, you, you have the uh, what's the other one? I've got them written down here. The. Um, uh, the documentary people, me, people don't realize this until you look really closely. The guys that do the big UFO documentaries will never use experiencers. And one of them was actually confronted and said, can't go there. And it's the whole thing. We can do sightings. We can do crashes. We can do uh, military engagements, but don't talk about experiencer type stuff. So everybody's trying to keep the experiencer stuff off the table. And I think that's where we got to go. And I think that's where everything's going to change. And you're going to realize these beings or when I talked to the, the beings in Great Britain, that's when I said to them this bizarre statement where they wanted me interviewed. And I'm talking through this channel person with these beings. And I said, so are you actually an extraterrestrial? Because that's the obvious question. It's like, are you an extraterrestrial? And they said, would you like us to be an extraterrestrial? We could do that if you want. We could even take you to our planet. But no, we're not extraterrestrials. We've always been here. You're the visitor. And that's where the thing has shifted is that what Jacques Vallée saying, what Chris Bledsoe saying, what I'm saying, a lot more and more people are saying is this phenomenon has always been here. It's just something that we haven't been able to pick up until our vibration raised or whatever happened, that they, they came in and, and lowered their vibration to engage us at this time, that it's always been here. It, it, it was fairies and then it was, it was uh, you know, wooden ships and then it was Foo Fighters and it was Green Fireball and it just keeps changing and uh, we're at... We're at where, Grant? We're we're near we're near the beginning of the end. The beginning of the end as we got Grant Cameron for another thirty minutes here on Spaced Out Radio, a year in review of ufology with one of the best. Stay tuned, we continue right after this. Hey, read my own writing here. Shit. <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, Congress is the other one that won't touch it. <clears throat> they basically say, don't go there. Do not bring up experiencers. And that's where it blows up. When you go to the experiencers, that's yep. when you can get the answer. That's where disclosure is going to move. 
I hear you there, man. I hear you there. And experiences don't pay. If you take a look when you do consciousness or stuff like that at uh, Consciousness Life Expo, you get like 35, 40 people. And if you're doing some weird fear thing, you got like 600 people. So if they're not into the experiencer game, why the high price for protection of Chris Bledsoe? High protection price? I've never heard that. Well, I mean, just he's got everybody on speed dial, right? Well, as Tim Taylor said, the the, the classic line was, Chris, he said, why do you, why you got all your guys on my property? You're scaring the daylights out of my kids and whatever. He said, Chris, it appears they like you. They seem to be talking to you. They don't like us. They're not talking to us. So we've come to find out what are they telling you? That's what Ron Pendolfi said, because we cannot control the phenomena. We watch those that the phenomena affects. So they're doing it in behind the scenes. Or as Betty Andreas's husband said to me, hey, like they're they're in my, t- they're in my computer. Like, what are they doing? And he's all mad. And I said, hey, is your wife uh, got diagrams of the, the craft? I heard she has diagrams of the propulsion system. He said, yeah, you want to see that? I said, well, she's got diagrams. Are you surprised they're in your computer? <laughs> of course, they're going to watch you. That's where the answers are. But they do it. They do it indirectly. Uh, behind the scenes, the, the guys like Tim Taylor know about these. He's he's the one that introduced me to a big giant experiencer that lived in Manitoba. He he said, "You want to talk to her?" and and he was he was following all sorts, not just Chris Blatzo. He's following all sorts of experiencers. The one woman who wasn't home, but the second woman, I've known her since I, 2013 when when Tim Taylor introduced me to her. So he he's watching these experiencers, and there there are people who are who are following the experiences, but the government doesn't because they're into weapons and they're into uh, fear and all this kind of stuff. And we don't want to go where the answers are. We want to just, uh, or the same with the guys doing the documentaries, just, you know, do crash stories and sighting stories. And, and I, and I, I can maybe describe, I mean, I say that the, the situation now is I, I looked up the whole fact where you've got, um, a, a two-year-old child has a, a attention span between four and six minutes. Somebody on the internet, look it up 8.25 seconds. And so what you're doing is you have people who are just flipping. They're, they're not really paying any attention whatsoever. And uh, they want just a story. They want to, what's the next UFO video? What's the next story? And they're just flipping from story to story to story. And, and that's what Walker said to us. He said, hey, when you figure it out, what are you going to do with it then? It's like when you're the dog chasing the car, what are you going to do when you catch the car? And, and basically that's the whole thing. Everybody's just going to go, oh, okay. And then flip, flip, flip off to the next story. Nobody's going to do anything. They're just going to say, oh, yeah, okay. You know, and and pe- people aren't really paying attention. It's curiosity, which was proved by the guy who ran the guy who ran uh, against Turner. When I went there, everybody says, oh, the, the UFO community is all upset. And I did that Michael Harbaugh, and I did the interview with him, and I promoted his, his demonstration in front of Turner's office. He got six people. He got really no de- donations from the UFO community, nothing. And so the UFO community interest is six miles wide and, ha- and a quarter of an inch deep. There's no support whatsoever. Everybody's just, in, they're just curious. The same as Walker said, all people are is curious. They're not, they really don't care about what's going on. They just want to hear a good story. Hey, to our audience in our YouTube chat, I, I just had a little bit of a, a, a dropout there. As you probably noticed, I lost all of the, um, all of the, uh, um, questions for grant 
that you have. I apologize. I am going to ask you to rewrite them in the chat room and in the next half hour. I will try and get them uh, over to Grant. So if you could, well, I'd appreciate that. And uh, Grant, we'll get you to answer this question when Holy we come shit. So somebody knows something here. You're not supposed to know the names here. Like, what's going on? Well, that's old meaty toes right there. Old meaty toes. <laughs> I wonder how he knew the name. I wonder how he knew the name because she doesn't like to have her name out there. <laughs> anyway, I, I could talk a little bit about it. That was the one he did introduce me. She lived in Steinbach, Manitoba. And he said, and I said, yeah, hey, that's outside my city. And uh, she's got a really wild story. She's she's got she's I think I've got a video that she may allow me to publish, but she's uh that's your mother's hometown. Is that your mother's hometown? Yeah, yeah. It's not, it happened just south of town. It was just five yeah. years old, and uh, and she's got predictions. And Tim had her; it gave her a book, and she was writing down everything, all the predictions. And hold on, Grant. Here we go. Here we go with the second half of Spaced Out Radio tonight. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate hurting your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Reminder to all of you that if you miss portions of this show or others, check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do me the favor, hit that subscribe button, our website, spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on Patreon in the Space Travelers Club. Grant Cameron, we have until the top of the hour here on the big show, and we're going to start off with some audience questions here. From Meaty Toes in Toronto, Grant, can you talk a little bit more about the Canadian Connie Parent? When, why was Tim Taylor following her alongside with Bledsoe? What was her predictions for the future? Did she also see the lady deity? No, she didn't see the lady and she didn't have the test. If you hear this test that Tim gave where you had the one piece of metal you had in one hand, one in the other, asked her about that. She said, no, Tim didn't give me that test. And that confirms, have you ever been face to face with a being? Uh, and so there you get the indication that Tim Taylor knows something that's uh, outside the general knowledge. Uh, so Tim introduced me to her in 2013 uh, he was following a couple of experiences. This is two women. I got in contact with her. And basically, it was the idea where he's in contact. He's an experiencer himself. He has this procedure where he gets these downloads. He talked to me about the download where he got this invention that uh, they put on the space shuttle. He got it. Uh, there's a being standing at the end of the bed, a hooded figure standing at the end of the bed. So he's an experiencer, and he realized that these people have answers. So Connie Perron had... Um, um, a lot of stuff she said, it was like being on the internet 24 seven and it was all this bad stuff. And she actually at one point told the phenomenon, she said, I can't take it anymore. Stop. I can't, I can't take it. And she said it actually stopped. And then after a while, then she said, Oh, okay. And she let it start again. She had some predictions. Um, I actually found them and, and, and she actually broke down crying when I was uh, showing, she had a couple, I'll just give it two and then we're going to another question, but she had two. One was a coal mine in Utah and she was with these guys. Uh, the coal mine had collapsed and she was with them and they were alive. And she was in the coal mine with them. 
And then they sent in three people to rescue. And those people died and they stopped the search. And so that was one that really upset her. And I found the, the actual incident. There was an actual incident, which uh, I shared with Connie. She was very upset about that. But she had that. And then she had the other one was one that I found. Um, and it was she saw a train in China on the tracks, these elevated high-speed trains on tracks. And the two trains had gotten on the same track. And they were up above, and she described it. And I, the actual photo, I've got the actual photo of this accident where the one train is sort of hanging off the this high elevated thing. There's a mountain in the background, which she described. And it was those kind of things where I got these, she would describe the events. So Tim Taylor had her with a with a binder, and she was writing down all her predictions and stuff like that. And I guess I don't know how many people he was watching, but that was the whole idea. And that's the, that's the way you're supposed to do it. So Tim Taylor is doing it the way it should be done is you listen to the experiencers and you try to figure out why are they in contact? Why, why is the being, that's why I asked you, why you, what, why did you see the craft? What, and then you mentioned uh, somebody else being there and, Oh, okay. Now I know. And it's like, there's, there's always going to be a reason. So that's what Tim Taylor is trying to do is to figure out uh, what it is. And um, the experiences are the, are the key people to him. Same with uh, Jim Semivan, because Jim Semivan is an experiencer, and Gary Nolan's an experiencer, and Hal Putoff's son is an experiencer, and Eric Davis is an experiencer, and they're basically all experiencers. Or the remote viewing program, they brought in uh, Jacques Vallée to the remote viewing program because every remote viewer had a, a UFO experience, and they're going, something's weird, so they bring in Hal Putoff, uh, Vallée back in the 1970s to look at that. That's the whole thing is the pattern to follow is the experiencers. They're the ones that are interacting with the intelligence. Just watching a light in the sky is not going to give you really any information other than the fact that something weird is going on. All right. Uh, I'm going to bring in uh, Courtney Marcassani here because I know she wants to get in uh, with you here and say, Hey, how you doing? Grant. One time you'll see. Grant, oh my God, how are you? What is that background? Are you like in like oh, Malibu yeah. in some rich person's palatial <laughs> house trying, this week, or what's going on? I was trying to load a different background, but it wouldn't let me load unless I. Very I, cool. So I had to go back to the piano. I'm. I don't play. I don't play. I wrote a book on music, but I have no musical ability at all. I can't play anything. Well, um, I just wanted to jump in and say I was listening to the list of all the experiences, experiencers that you were talking about. I didn't know how put off son was an experiencer. So that's yeah. really interesting. Yeah, he had a sighting right after the um, uh, about a week or two weeks after the in Phoenix, after the Phoenix Lights saying. Oh, seriously. And there's it was a rumor that Hal put off Phoenix, is an experiencer. Phoenix Lights. Oh, my God. I didn't know that. And there, there's, an, there's a rumor that Hal put off is an experiencer, too, but I've never heard that confirmed that he's uh well i mentioned this on dave's program um a couple times now but at the soul symposium you'll find this interesting and i'm sure it's a fact that you probably knew a long time ago but i didn't leslie keen was interviewing him and she was asking him about this like litmus test they did with uh, people who were in the special access programs and they gave them surveys and they were like positive nine, negative nine about disclosure and these specific topics yeah. and suggested topics. And if disclosure happened and how put off answered it and said he was so surprised that all the surveys were overwhelmingly negative. And this was back in like 2004 wow. and that the government said that, you know, administered the survey, there will be no full disclosure um, because of the IRADs back then in 2004. Now I figure you knew that, but I had never heard it before. No, no. No, it doesn't surprise me though. I mean, it doesn't surprise me. It's, 
That that's that was a good. You were at that conference. That was at the Soul Symposium. That was at the yeah. conference, and it was during a Q and A. And Larry uh, McGuire, your Canadian, uh, your right. Canadian representative, was, was also there answering questions alongside Hal Putoff. And Leslie Keene was the was the person asking, posing the questions. That that's one of the positive things I would say that um, when you get uh, people like that all gathering together and Stanford University backing the thing, we're we're making some headway. Oh, you would have loved it. When Jacques Vallée did his uh, presentation, he showed SRI early days with the UFO program with all the people that were there, Dick Haynes, Bruce Maccabee himself, and, you know, all the early like pioneers and progenitors of the UFO um, program at SRI. It was really cool. I hope eventually those photos will come out. Maybe he has them somewhere else, but they were in his presentation and it was really neat to see. Wow. Yeah, that was yeah. a big con that was a big conference. And that's that's a big changer where you get that many high level people. Uh, things have changed and people don't realize that unless you've been in it a long time, you don't realize how big the change has been. People think it's always no, well, been like this. And it's like, give your head I don't want to interrupt you guys with, you know, your like your breakdown of your year. So those are just a couple of things I wanted to jump in and tell Grant since wow. you brought up how put off. Well, no problem, because you'll be here uh, for the next hour anyway. So you, you know, <laughs> well, uh, to be here with Grant is like, I'm just so tickled. You know? I know. I know. He does that to me, too. He tickles me every time you see him. <laughs> All right. This is our family. That's that's what you got to realize is that, uh, you know, if the, if the soul group thing is right, when we come in and make agreements or whatever, these, these are our family. These are people we relate to. They, your friends and relatives, they all just look at you like they don't say anything but they're, they're not really that interested it's like this they, these yeah. are the people that that excite you and get you uh thinking and uh they may be we all made agreement before we came here that we were all going to share in this thing and we were going to take the biggest story of all times the super bowl we we're going to play in the super bowl and we were going to we we're going to score a touchdown and uh most people don't even know there's a game going on well, and I don't know if most people know this, but I'm going to say this because I have floated this around and Grant, I haven't told it to you, but I have floated it around to a few people in the community who have um, had you as an influence in their life as an experiencer. And so I was talking to specifically Bob McGuire and we were in New York City. Oh, yeah. In, 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 I don't know, it was a year ago, probably maybe it's over a year now. And we were talking and we were talking about you specifically. And I said, well, I think Grant is a, an activator someone who activates, you know what I mean? Positive higher thoughts and experiencers and then other events happen and synchronicities. And Bob was like, absolutely. And he wasn't the only one I asked like two or three people. And so I was just curious before we move on, did you know that about yourself? Like, have you been told that by other people in the community about this, you know, activating, um, influence that you have in, in, in experiencers? No, but I, they, I do have the synchronicity with, with people, with events. Where yeah. when I look back and I go like this absolutely makes total sense. It, like yeah. the Michael Newton accidentally walking into Michael Newton's lecture that absolutely flipped my life up. So I would never read the books and, and I just happened to run into his lecture. Things like that, where you look back and you go like, this is all planned. There's, there's no way it wasn't planned. It's yeah. just bizarre, bizarre. So it, it is, it is a thing where uh, you see these back connections that it's, 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 there's a lot of stuff going on in the background that we may have made agreements to and, and, and know about. And then we've gone through the river of forgetfulness and we, we don't really see it until you look back on it through your life. And then, then it makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Let's get to an audience question here, Grant yeah. and Courtney. Uh, 
uh, Mr. UFO Whistleblowers is asking, what scares the control group of all this? Not having control, I guess. <laughs> it's like, uh, well, the, I think it's like every, I believe everybody's trying to save the world. I mean, we always say like, there's, there's good guys and there's bad guys. We're the good guys we know, and they're the bad guys and they know. No, no, I, I don't believe it. I think they think they're the good guys too. It's like if you get raised in China, you would see the world a different way if you're raised in Russia or whatever. And I believe, because that's what Walker was saying to us. And he was adamant because we kept saying to Walker, we said, come on, you're an old man now. You knew everything. You were there when the cover-up started. You knew everything. It's your chance. And he, he and I thought he would leave it, his files. And and he, we knew he had a file on us. He had this file because he would send from one researcher to another. He'd photocopy stuff, make little snide comments and send them to another researcher. So we knew he had this file. And then when he died, we went to his son, who was a, a medical doctor. And his son said, yeah, there was a file. He said, yeah, there was a file. And he said, when I went to move the files to Penn State University to the archives, he said the file was gone. So at the very end, he's like saluted, did his job, destroyed the file, handed it back in. And that's why I, I, this idea was Walker was not a bad guy. Walker just had a belief that he was saving the world right, against Russia or China, whatever the, the scenario. Is. So I think the, the people in, in the control group actually think they're they're saving the world. They're, they, I think everybody thinks they're saving the world. And it's just your impression of how you, you see the world and who are the good guys and bad guys. And it all comes down to this idea of separation versus oneness, where they, they if they're in, big into separation, then they're going to do crazy things. If you're into oneness, then you're not going to bomb your grandchildren and your children. You're going to, you know, try to, you know, ad advance the whole thing. So. All right. Great answer. Courtney, do you want to hop in on that or no? Yeah, no, I think there's definitely fear and it seems to be, and this is kind of sad to say, but it definitely seems like consciousness is being, um, you know, a main central part of that. And they don't really want to go into what consciousness is. And I think that because of some of the whistleblower testimony that came about, there are things that touch on that. And you, you hear about the military industrial complex being involved with the cover up. And I've brought this up a couple of different times that it shouldn't be the military industrial complex um, gatekeepers that keep the secrets about consciousness. This is for all of humanity. We should know about it. We should know about the breakthroughs. It's our taxpayers, US taxpayer dollars that are being spent on this. And it's not just about money and whatever secret tech, if consciousness is involved, that involves everyone, that's humanity. So I think that's one of the reasons. I think that's one of the big reasons that consciousness is involved. And so much you hear about in these books and the controllers and the CIA and other with misinformation or disinformation, they keep talking about um, these occult concepts that are also involved with it. And so I think another reason why the controllers are keeping all of that um, suppressed is because it's a big part of it. And that's also involved with consciousness. And I don't think that they want to reveal what that is. And and, they, and every everything is neutral. So whether it's water, can, you can drown someone or, or save them or whatever. Consciousness will be neutral. And they see it as a as a way to develop weapons to control people and stuff. I even have with the with the apport thing. People think, you know, most people never even heard of the word like apport manifestation stuff where stuff at Skinwalker Ranch. And they think, oh, it started at Skinwalker Ranch. And I, I post a document from 1974 from the DIA. And that's why DA went to Skinwalker Ranch, not for the UFOs. They went for all this weird stuff. They wanted to militarize it and use it for weapons. And 1974 document says, if we could we could get this thing of moving stuff 
through metal surfaces or through hard surfaces. We could learn how to apport things. We could go to the enemy, go in the vault, take the documents out, bring them back to Washington, photocopy them, go back and put them back in the vault, and they'd never know we were there. So everything everything to them is, can we use it for military technology? And the right. way they've worked it is World War II, the way it worked in World War II, is they had so many inventions. There was 200 inventions, nylon, plastic explosives, rubber, uh, atomic ex uh, bombs, jet engines and it works so well that they said let's keep it going and so they they get the, the funding it used to be uh universities got the funding they get the funding and then you'd get the the thing and the, the one they always bring up is gps if it weren't for us with gps you wouldn't have gps so it's like we're going to use it first we're going to kill some people with it and do whatever and then you get the spin-off and, and technology gets advanced and everybody's gotten used to that oh yeah we've got this technology and it's all because of the military so it goes to the military first they get all the money it's like an $886 billion defense budget. That's insane. There's insane. so much money and, and they control it. And they're not about to shut down like Lockheed Skunk Works. People talk about Lockheed Skunk Works. The, the market cap for Lockheed Skunk Works is $110 billion. There's no way they're going to shut down Lockheed Skunk Works. This we just saw it. We just saw it in the last legislative session. We just saw it, that that was one of the biggest barriers to having eminent domain in the damn language. But I want to go back to what you said about ports, because I think you're right that most people don't know about ports, but it's a cultural thing too. It's a cultural phenomenon. And I wrote about this in the Bix paper about how a ports will appear sometimes during certain people's like psychic and spiritual development yeah. as signs. And we both know this because uh, Stanley Krippner, Stanley Krippner yeah. talked about it. And that was his work, you know, early work out of Saybrook when he was talking about these cultural phenomenon and a ports were part of that, but people don't recognize it because they don't typically have the experience, but in some cultures they do where things appear as luck or signs of fortune, or even yep. connected with like lucid dreaming and expansiveness, kind of like as a sign to go in a certain direction, they'll get in a port. And it's connected. Well, so it's crazy to look at it from a militaristic perspective when culturally this has been happening for a long yep. time and being talked about. And then the military has this as part of it. People just don't make that connection because it's too bizarre. It's the cognitive dissonance. It's and, too strange. But then you get you get the synchronicities with the apports as well, which where I look back and I see there's no way this was chance because I, I talked to Krippner and no he says, Well, time someone did a, a book on apports, and he had this thing where he had all the apports from the from the psychic in Brazil, and then someone broke into his house and stole them all. So he he's on an interview with uh Jeff Mishlov and he says, Oh, I decided my next ones, he said I would keep them safe. So I sent them to a university in Canada, and, and it's the University of Manitoba, and I go. What's the chances of that? Crazy. <laughs> it's absolutely so crazy. The connection. I actually saw that. I saw that interview you did with him. I was like, wow, it, the plot thickens. That's just bizarre. It's just totally and you bizarre. You look back and you go, oh, now it makes sense. But when you looking forward, you don't really see it. But looking back, no. it, it makes sense. He wrote about it also in a book called um, A Psychiatrist in Bali. And so in that book that Stanley Krippner, he wasn't the one writer, but he was basically like co-authoring and helping as a psychiatrist talking about the cultural aspect of healers that would get rings, apports that would come through as rings, and then they would use them and the spirits would guide them and how to use them for healing practices traditional healing practices. So one woman in that book, she received a set of rings that she would use on her patient's bodies in Bali. And the other guy also got a coin 
it was an report that came through. It was through a dream and he woke up in the morning and the coin was in his bed. And it was basically a sign to say, you can go ahead. This is a fortunate sign to build your house because in his culture, he couldn't build a certain type of house. But in the dream, it was guiding him to do it. And the coin was another like physical apport manifestation saying, yes, you can. So it sometimes is like a linchpin of breaking through certain types of cultural thoughts and belief systems to push beyond that and manifest different reality. And that, that would be your job and my job. So the military is doing their thing and they can do whatever they want. I mean, right. that's what it is. It's, it's, it's plus minus, it's, it balances out. Your job and my job is to push the real story of, right. of, of this, this spiritual connection and the yes. synchronicities and everything's connected and stuff and just keep pushing it and, and not let them uh, dominate the whole thing. They, I think we're getting getting some ground, but uh, that that's our job. And maybe that's what we just decided that we would come in and we'd go up against this and they would, they would play the one role. We'll play the other role. And it's a game and we'll just uh, move it along. It's not like we win and they lose or, or whatever. It's, it's a, it's a process. And, and we agreed to come in and, and move this message down the road. And I think it's an important message, but it's up to us to uh, do what we can to get it out. I agree. I think that the, the scary thing right now, just from a news perspective, after the Schumer Amendment and what happened to that and seeing the power players and the powers that be and what that ended up being and the and the discussion that's happening now post, yeah. you know, um, President Biden sign off. I'm I'm really concerned at the way some of the narrative is being negative. Are you seeing that, too? Or do you think this is just a continual thing of the negative you know, the Asuras, you know, the the different beings, the jinn, you know, which Semivan talks about, you know, these spirits that are kind of coming into the dimension. I'm seeing a lot more of that, like more frequency of that type of narrative, which some people would say, well, that's Greer talking and that's, you know, Project Blue being coming. Are you seeing those kind of shaping up that way or do you separate that as? Well, I've never really looked at unknown? that. I, I really don't know. I've never really looked at that aspect. Okay. To me, I always see it just as a as a, a thing of how the the government works. That certain people knew how to play the game, and uh, they ended up winning. And we ended up farther behind than we were before because before it wasn't law. Now it's law where they don't have to do anything. They control right. all this stuff, and and uh, they they basically have won. But again, it'll come to uh, the whistleblowers and the people on the on the on this on the ground who just keep pushing and have done a fantastic job over the last couple of years that I, I never, never in my life would have believed that this would have happened. The, the way this thing is unraveled so quickly and and with such uh, uh, huge amounts of material that that I didn't know. Uh, uh, the completely different world. I, I didn't know anything about the psychic stuff. I didn't know the spiritual component. I didn't know any of that sort of... To me, in 75, it was straight. That thing I was watching, that could be an extraterrestrial. It's like, wow, this is pretty cool, you know? And a couple of years, <laughs> we'll figure this out. And completely different world. Completely. I feel you. I feel you on the transformation. Yeah. And and to me, I'm always honored this idea that I got to play this game. I mean, I always said you could be an untouchable in the streets of Calcutta and spend your days in a junkyard looking for something valuable enough for, for food. We got to play this game, this this game of coming in at this particular time with this absolutely, if you realize the message, you realize this is not not more just UFOs. It's major message, how reality works, why we're here, yes. where we're going. That's what it's about. I will say this as we got two minutes to go. I do see a lot of people out there really trying to tie this to Armageddon. Anything that's coming out of the sky. It seems like we're on another Armageddon cook or, or kick here. Uh, Grant, your thoughts 
Fear sells. Fear sells. It's simple. It's like it's, it's, you get that and then you get the commercials. You know, buy gold, but buy, buy silver, you know, buy your guns and uh, get 25 years of food. And and that that stuff works. It's it's dominated. It's it's big in, in present society. And and, uh, you know, you have even these scary stories that Chris Bledsoe talks about that there's people inside the Pentagon who wanted to actually instigate like a nuclear exchange because they believed Armageddon had to happen and they were going to move it down the road. I mean, that, that kind of stuff is like, wow. But then now I hear that these guys have all died off. So I don't, I don't really know. It's always going to be a thing of, against fear, uh, fear and separation versus the idea of love and oneness. It's always going to be the, the same thing. That's always said. Everything that is evil in the modern world is created by one thing and one thing only the mistaken belief in separation. It's the basic bottom line message. I think that, the beings are talking about that, uh, you know, spiritual stuff is talking about this oneness. Remember who you actually are. Love it. Grant Cameron, it has been a pleasure once again to have you on Spaced Out Radio right through. Next time, bring Courtney on for the whole thing. We have good conversations here. <laughs> well, I'm just glad I caught you, Grant. I was like, when he said, come on a little earlier, I was like, oh, yes, yes, yes. I'll do that. <laughs> yeah. I'll be there. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, it's always a good time with you. And and Grant, thank you so much for being not only a friend, but a mentor of mine. Uh, you were one of the greatest in this field. And I have so much love and admiration for you, my friend. And I cannot yeah. wait to speak with you in 2024. Beautiful. You've done a fantastic job. And same with you, Courtney. And uh, thanks for being part of my life. Well, uh, let's have a drink now, shall we? We're going to say goodnight to Grant Cameron. Okay. Hello to Courtney Marcusani in hour number three with the final UFO report for next week. Can we change that calendar? Spaced Out Radio continues right after this. Stay tuned. All right, we are clear. Okay, so I'll zip zip along. It's one in the morning here, so let's do it again. Or let's, uh, yeah, I love this. This is a bit different, where you got sort of a round table going, and, and Courtney's pretty knowledgeable. She's she's got she's a smarty pants. <laughs> I I learned everything from Grant. I always tell everybody that that they're like, <laughs> yeah. well, well, after your experience, like who you know, who did you reach out to for support? I'm always like Grant Cameron, and they're like, <laughs> Greg Cameron, huh? I was like, oh yeah, he was he was the one. He and there's the there's one. really not that many people who are doing what you're doing or I'm doing or say Chris Bledsoe with that thing where you're looking at this spiritual consciousness aspect most people it's like you mentioned consciousness and it's like they just their eyes roll back it's yeah be right back, guys if you yeah guys they kind of they kind of bug out when you say consciousness is central to the whole thing i mean i think there are certain people that are definitely uh addressing it or at least acknowledging it but they don't recognize that it's the underpinning that it's the main underpinning yeah yeah and, but it's it's sort of moving in like when i did the sky pilot thing i mean and then I heard Lakatsky come out and say oh the, the, the phenomena is partly physical and partly psychic. And I went, wow, I never thought I would hear him say that. It's like, but wow. you've been saying it for like and, and, what? I mean, and, at least 20, probably at least and, 20 and, and, years. And I don't when, know how long you've been saying it, but I never since when, I started tuning into you, you were saying that. But, but but when he but then when people talk about his story, they don't mention that. They only mentioned the part we got a craft and we've been inside the craft. And it's like, what about the rest of the story? What about the, the fact that he's just like, so and I think it's that, like I think that would change everything. I is, know. If, if you got a confirmation, 
Like we got the 2017 New York Times come and everybody's waiting for the New York Times to say something or the president. And if it comes out where the president stands up or the New York Times has said there's a there's a spiritual psychic component to this thing. I think it just all it'll all collapse. And then it's the same thing. It's like, oh, it's for real. It's like, you know, I, I spent all that money on fifty thousand dollars a year at MIT and, and they, I got scammed. Like, are you kidding I me? Know. It, you, and that you have it within you and that it's within you or that there are certain times in your life like where, it, you know, it's in abundance and you start to see it, but it's about paying attention to it and developing it. I mean, that was the thing I asked Gary Nolan after we talked. I talked with him years before and I said, you know, like, can this be developed? You know, the intuitive part that you're looking at with the study, you know, with the Kadepatainen and the experiencers. Yeah. And he's like, well, we don't know. You know, he was really delicate. And I was like, come on, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, I know that you know stuff. And, but he was willing to like go and explore different ideas about why the Kadepatainen was thickened. But, you know, the other thing that I picked up on, it was probably like, a year after in the same conversation I had with him, he said that a postgraduate had replicated their study and okay. he had helped out with it. And they started looking into like schizophrenia and autism and this thing called sensory gating. And now I saw a clip today and this is four years, almost four years later that he was quoted as saying, we're looking at schizophrenia and autism and sensory gating. And I'm just like, it's just taking so much time, you know, for yeah. the waiting game for people to, to get the information. And I don't know why that is, but I saw that today and I was like, okay, it's still, it's still in the research. But, but he's still going back where I would disagree with him. He's still going back to the cardiac pertainment or whatever. It's sort of like there's a physical thing causing the psychic thing. Exactly. And it's, like, and it's, it's a, it's, a, it's a cor correlation, but it's not causation. And, right. I, and I don't know if you saw, I posted, I, I went after him because he made this statement. He said, I don't know how it works, but I don't know if there's little elves in my head. But I know how to make it work. And he tells a story about he he thinks out the problem and then he puts a piece of paper beside the bed and he wakes up yes. in the morning and the idea is in his head or the next yes. day. So I said, can I quote you? And then he said, yeah. He said, so he made up this thing. He says, I put it on a, on a, on a board and I put the little strings in my head between attach all the ideas. And then I completely forget about it. And he said, within a couple of days, the answer comes in my head. And that's that's the, the important part that he realizes this idea that there's this very powerful thing that's going on whatever it is he said i don't know if it's elves or what it is but i know how to make it work and that's the whole deal same with tim taylor tim taylor goes to sleep for eight hours and then he gets up and then he he uh he goes back to bed for an hour then he gets a glass of water and he sits in the sun and he starts drinking the water and the beings start talking to him and they've got these these protocols and they know this thing yes uh, it, it, you see these guys and and it sort of validates the fact that some of these people know some stuff and it's they not, do. you know, little crafts and engines and stuff like that. It's this weird component that is the basis of this whole thing. And they know where, where I heard that, you know, Tim Taylor had converted to Catholicism. And I went, what? Are you kidding me? And it's like, because he had been warned by, by, by the beings had warned through Whitley Strieber that he had to straighten his life out. And it's like, you hear this stuff and you go like, wow. And you don't realize these very powerful people know what's going on. Yes, they you're, do. You're not talking about it. I guess you feel... <laughs> They'll talk to me or they'll, they'll hint to you or something, but they don't really talk publicly. And then when they start doing it, it'll all change. The whole thing will start to move. I know. And that's what I was a little bit disappointed with the Soul Symposium. I was kind of hoping there would be a little bit yeah. more of that rich storytelling from the experiencer's perspective, yeah. but it wasn't. It was mostly just, 
all business, business, business. Yeah. And there were experiencers in the audience. So I went to Whitley after on the first night and I said, are you a little disheartened? Because <laughs> we, were, we were both we were both in Houston together at the Archives of the Impossible. And I and he asked the same exact question then that which was like two years ago where he was like, there's no there doesn't seem to be any structure or infrastructure set up for experiencer, you know, acknowledging their stories and anecdotal information, which is certainly data. And they didn't really answer it. But Jacques Vallée did somewhat to some degree in his presentation. But anyway, I was like following up with him and I said, are you a little disheartened? And he's like, yeah. Because they don't, yeah. they're not including us in all this money yeah. and tech, and we, you know, they're not including ten, us. We have ten seconds. Grant, you sticking around or you got to go? No, he's, we, I'll stick he's, around. Yeah, because I, okay. I, I want to add something to this comment. I got to add something to this. Would you like to connect with us? Head to spacedoutradio.com for all your latest show info. Now, back to Dave Scott and SOR. We're going to continue the UFO talk with Grant Cameron and Courtney Marcosani here on Spaced Out Radio in hour number three. And, you know, we're going to skip ATM for tonight. That's this week's episode of the Paranormal UFO Consciousness Podcast. I'm your host, Grant Cameron, hoping that you will join me for upcoming episodes. Links to my YouTube interviews, books, and my Facebook sites are in the show notes. If you love the podcast or learn something valuable, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, or give a review on today's episode. If you would like a certain paranormal subject dealt with in the future, please let us know. Until next time, watch this space, and thank you so much for listening.